This Sunday always seems to be a bit of a shock when you walk into the church and all the trees and poinsettias are gone and the sanctuary looks empty. But actually, this transformation of the church plays well into the theme of today's gospel. It's interesting to note that every year we begin ordinary time with a gospel from John, and with good reason. John has a different sort of gospel. Of the four, it was the last one written, so the author assumes that people already knew the facts about Jesus' life. Thus, John's not looking to tell his readers about what happened in his life. Rather, he wants to tell us what the life of Jesus means. For where Matthew, Mark, and Luke provide focus on the kingdom or reign of God, it is the Gospel of John that focuses on relationships, Christ's relationship with God and our relationship with Christ. It is a theme manifested in today's gospel story, which only appears in John, which gives us the beginning of Christ's public ministry with the first miracle, or as John calls it, the first sign of Christ's divinity. Seeing that the author is a poet, it is a story overflowing with symbolism and woven in layers of meaning. Thus, we're invited into this large wedding feast in the small town of Cana, where we can assume everyone is known And thus all are invited for the feast. Keep in mind that during those days, weddings were celebrated for seven days. So it took a great deal of resources to keep that party going. It would have been customary for the women to have been responsible for managing the preparation and distribution of the food and drink. So once the waiters realized the wine casks were empty, it would have been logical for Mary to have been the one to bring the issue to her son knowing how embarrassing this would have been to the groom's family. And Jesus seemingly responds with little enthusiasm to his mother's request to fix the problem. However, it is a motherly request that actually carries a deeper meaning than just helping out with a shortage of drink. For she's telling her son that it's time for him to be made known, time for the Christ to begin his active ministry, which he knows will end in Calvary. So Jesus instructs the servers, to fill the six large stone water jars with water. These jars or vessels hold 20 to 30 gallons of water, which have been used throughout the day in order to fulfill certain purification rituals that were prescribed by Jewish law. The waiters bring the water jars back, filled to the brim, each weighing 250 pounds or more. And notice, Jesus doesn't perform any blessings or follows any prescribed ritual simply tells him to draw a sample for the head waiter to taste. And with that, through the divine grace of God, ordinary water was transformed into the finest, fruitful, abundant, and extraordinary wine yet to be served. Christ blessed and transformed the people gathered at the wedding, not by using laws and rituals, but through the act of being present for one another, to be in relationship with them. But notice, For that transformation to take place, it was necessary for the one wine to run dry, for the wine cast to be emptied, so that Christ could take the ordinary and transform it into the extraordinary. And this transitional period of a new year is certainly a time where many people especially feel the emptiness of their lives. Perhaps it's due to the loss of a loved one, financial stress, overwhelmed with family issues, being bullied in school lying for years about doping, or simply feeling alone. We have all felt at some point in our lives the feeling that the wine has run out, 
that hopeless feeling, much like the waiters must have felt when they ran around trying to satisfy everyone. So this is the time in our lives where we need to remember this story. We need to remember the direction of Mary at the wedding. We need to remember her words as she points to her son and says, Do as he tells you. For her carpenter son is the Christ who wants to be in relationship so that we can open our eyes to see life as a gift and grace in the ordinary. For until we change the way we see, we cannot see anything new. And three three things are required for this to happen. We need to listen to the voice of God in places you may not expect. Remember the story of Elijah who was told to meet God on the mountain? He looked for God in the fire, the earthquake, and the great wind, but found him in a whispering sound, much like the breath we take. We need to listen and see God not only in the joy or even the ordinary, but in the addiction, the discomfort, the tragedy, the shadows, the lies, all the places where we least expect to find God. For God, indeed, speaks to us there as well. To use the words of the mystics, we need to ask ourselves, what is this sickness, this abandonment, this emptiness asking of me? And then, we need to listen. We need to listen, which is a form of prayer. Thus, secondly, we need to create space and time for this prayer. Like Elijah, we often look for loud and impressive distractions, for which there is no shortage of, to fill our empty space, and yet we still feel vacant. Perhaps this is the year where you will make that retreat or pilgrimage, or perhaps just allocate a few minutes each day, making time and creating space to tell God that you feel empty, you feel confused, that you're tired of trying to fill that emptiness with the material world. Listen to the words of St. Paul in today's second reading. There are different workings, but the same God who produces all of them in everyone. Everyone for God to produce. We must provide the proverbial empty wine casks, till the fertile ground for that transformation to take place. Prayer is not primarily saying words or thinking thoughts. Rather, it is a stance, a way of being present. Lastly, we need to heed the advice of Mary at the wedding feast. She turns to the waiter. She utters the last words ever recorded of her and simply says, Do whatever he tells you. Christ calls us to do works of charity, to forgive others, to be present and in relationship with others through ordinary kindness, in essence, to follow him. For that is how the grace of God allows the ordinary to become transformed, to become the richness that fills our emptiness. We are the waiters in life. We often hear and feel that there is no more wine, that there is no more fullness. But it is this emptiness that we must listen to for the Spirit of God. It is that voice that calls for us to gather our pain and suffering and losses and the ordinary and place them at this table so that they can be transformed. For it is this banquet table that everyone is called to in order to receive the abundance of God's grace. My sisters and brothers, the wedding feast is set and waiting for you and for me. But it is up to you to respond. It's up to you to take that first step. It's up to you to open up to your emptiness so that it can be filled. For all of us holds the reply card in our hearts and our souls. The question is, how will you answer 
God's call.